You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, Peter Streets, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. Welcome to I Don't Know What This Episode Is, but you're listening to Blue Yonder at BaldMove.com. I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. And this week we have a very special guest with us, Mad Brew from MadBrewLabs.com. Hey. Uh, we're going to be talking all about Do you gaming. go by your given name out in public? Yeah, you is know, your name in I the don't hide. I, yeah, I don't hide my name. You don't hide your name? I mean, no. all we're my... We're pussies. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are pussies. Because we've challenged... Like, my name's out there. You can find We've it. challenged Steven Seagal and Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Stephen Seagal. The Stephen brothers into a street fight. So we, we, we got to keep that uh, location in Yeah, you pussy. don't want your arms broken. Remember that <laughs> fucking slick-ass... Oh, yeah. wrist break he used to always Would do. Stephen Hawking did that? Yeah, man. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> oh, oh, Hawking from does. his robot chair. Stephen Hawking will <laughs> fuck you up, man. Yeah, spikes on his wheels, nubs mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking all about gaming and RPGs and assholes this week. Everybody's I, got one, right? Everybody is one, apparently, according yeah. to Aaron, according yeah. to Madbrew here. Um, so let's get right to it. Let's start with some bullshit, as we always do. Uh, I just wanted to say that our FAQs, our Frequently Asked Questions, have been posted online. Go to baldmove.com slash FAQ, and you should see those. Um, there's an FAQ for the site. There's an FAQ for each show. You can get kind of like behind-the-scenes jokes, um, like running jokes that we have on the show. Yeah, because we've got 60-some cast now, and we yeah. have a lot of things like, you know, if you ever like, what the fuck are you talking about, Batman and Corn or... Yeah. Stephen Hawking, breaking arms, shit like that. <laughs> yeah. You go to the fact and you find out. Because we're not going to explain it every damn time. I'm going to have to go to the fact for that one because yeah. I'm not even really sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's up there. Um, I thought that was worth noting. You have any bullshit? I have no other bullshit. No, especially this is evergreen. I got some. I got all topical bullshit. So let's just like devote the rest of the cast to our guests. Okay. Well, first, as always, we have other shows on our network. We do have, we? <laughs> we do. Baldmove.com is now a network. Not a fan. <laughs> we we have Taps, the Amazingly Pulp Show, which is a, a show all about comics, all about uh, movies and music, entertainment in general. Um, we have Power Play, which is all about video games, hosted by Peter Street of uh, Blue Yonder fame, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Staffa, the Don. Mm-hmm. So go check those out as well. Are you ready to get into the meat? I'm ready to get into the meat. All ready to the meat. So long-time listeners will know that uh, we've had Mad Brew on before to talk about we Gen have. Con previous year last year and i skipped year. that episode because i'm not a huge fan of rpgs yes um <laughs> but though it's it's kind of gin con time we it's too early to talk about that but we have uh mad brew and i have been having a lot of debates at work about gaming and and you know, the types of people to play it and the types of shit that goes on um and the kind of like personalities it attracts and jim's been wanting to talk about this topic for a long time the way it got started was <laughs> yeah, you had I a t- talk yeah, about talk the Philharmonic. About, you got to talk about the Philharmonic. Okay, so the Philharmonic is a guy that I used to work with, and <laughs> let me just upfront say, great guy, hilarious, fun to talk to, nicest, nicest just guy. He, he might, might be listen. listening, man. <laughs> he might be listening. Okay, nicest guy I've ever met. Like no joke, he's very very nice. Um, but he did weird things while at work. Describe would, these weird things. Well, it's tough. We should <laughs> add really audio difficult. and video, but you're I too tried. big of a pussy. No, no, no. I tried one time, oh, but really? my iPhone just wouldn't pick it up well enough. It so was like, pitched at the, 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 the <laughs> insane frequencies yeah. too high for the they were iPhone above to pick it up. The, it, well, even human hearing. It oh, was yeah? just above that. Yeah, you could Even if I recorded it, you couldn't hear it. Okay. Um, but he would make noises. He would just uh, make mouth noises mostly, like... Stuff like that. In the cubicle next to you. All the time. In the cube right across from me. Uh-huh. Um, Did he stuff do like that? Like then, that kind of stuff? Yeah, he had some hand noises, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it was, <laughs> was it like... Yeah, it was pretty much full, was body, kind of full like... body noises. <laughs> oh, that wasn't anything like that it was going more on. like... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 
Okay. Go to the Jesus. FAQ for that one. Uh, <sighs> but no, no, he he would make weird noises all the time. But not just the mouth noises. He would also make animal noises. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while, just oh, in the middle of this dead, quiet office. Setting. He's sitting there coding. He's sitting. He's I, a programmer, right? He's a programmer. He's a dad. How many people are in this office <laughs> area? Well, within earshot of that, yeah. at least twenty-five. At least one, and it's not just the so IT department. So it's a classic cubicle type classic setting. Classic cube, yeah. Okay. Um, but it's not just the IT department who could probably deal with that because <laughs> you got some weird people in IT. No, no doubt. way. <laughs> yeah, we know we don't have anything <laughs> like that in our company. No, what right? the hell are you talking no. about? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's project management. It's marketing. It's like all these people who are supposed to be somewhat normal hear a wolf over in the corner <laughs> howling yeah. or giraffe noises. I don't even know what noises a giraffe makes, uh-huh. but he made them. He belched too, describe. like right. And he he well, he did this bizarre thing that I can't even replicate or describe. But it was halfway between a belch and a hiccup, and it was just all. Was anything like? <laughs> God, that must make myself throw up. No, it was no. worse than that. Mm. Yeah, it, it was. So, what was your theory behind that? Because you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And then one day, well, this is. What, you, what one day? Yeah, one day you found out something—a revelation. Oh, I, yes, I did. I found Does out he have that. What <laughs> we thought that we <laughs> honestly thought that yes, um, but apparently he doesn't because I, I tr- kind of tried to beat around the bush and sort of ask indirectly mm. if he had Tourette's. So I was watching <laughs> but 2020 really. last night. This talk about Tourette's is heartbreaking. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I must suck You're such people. a pussy. Why wouldn't you just come out and be like, <laughs> dude? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Because. Right. I don't know. The guy was like 60 years old. <laughs> I didn't want to be mean to an old guy. You know? I didn't need it. But, uh, but, but, okay, so I found out that he had been playing RPGs for like 40 years with the same group, uh, group of people. Uh-huh. And so this is what kind of led to this topic. I came up with a theory that perhaps his RPG experience has made him a little bit abnormal. Hmm. See, I would argue that... Abnormal people are attracted to role-playing games for That's some probably partially unknown true. reason. I don't know why. Well, abnormal people tend to, okay, let's just jump right into it, not fit into society on the whole. And so they create, like, their own micro-societies. Mm-hmm. Um, and RPGs fall right into that, right? I mean, you can you can pretend to be someone else. You can uh, get out of your, your own personality. Okay. Okay. So else. we're almost, we're five minutes in this topic. I want to stop before we get too long and introduce, cause everyone knows kind of our personalities, but his point. Oh, okay. Gems. Yeah. I want to get like delve a little bit into, well, he's been on the show before. That's why <laughs> I didn't true. go in there. That's true. I want to talk a little bit about, go to the FAQ. Uh, about Michael. Um, so how would you describe yourself in, in like three words or less? Three words or less. <laughs> Maybe one word. Asshole. Yeah, you, you're proud. You're, you're bad like, motherfucker. Not, like not it says on his wallet. You're not, <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't say you're proud of it. You're just like um, I accept it. You're out of the closet. You're yes. out of the asshole closet. Indeed. So, so you're you're saying you're an asshole. I think everybody else perceives me as an asshole. Yes. Really? I think you just speak your mind, and, and yeah, I tend to be blunt. I'm yeah. blunt. I don't beat around the bush. I tell you what I think. Even if that opinion's not asked for, sure. Or so. you're sixty years old, and yeah. and, and you're not ashamed. <laughs> you're, you're not you're not shy of like confrontation. Like hell no. Because I, I I work with I work with Mad Brew. I work with Michael, and uh, he's told me a lot of stories about his days. I actually say you've 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 taken it down a couple notches. Yeah, getting married, having a child has probably calmed your ass down a couple notches. Yeah, like like it's this- taking me to from eleven to about. Five. Wow. So um, that's on my scale, but it may be different on somebody else's. That's eleven on my scale. (laughs) Right. So, like, tell us a little bit. Like, we're going to tell us some story time because I think these are pretty funny. We need some music for this. Can we get some right here? Story time. Like, what kind of music? Oh, it's already playing. Can't you hear it? No. Editing, man. Oh, editing. editing. (laughs) It's called post. Is it going to be like metal, or is it going to be like no? It's it's going to be like don't uh, get any pussyfied bullshit on here. No, it's going to be like lamb chop music. You know. Like the xylophone music. No, that's okay. Yeah, like like when Mister Rogers is going through the exactly yes the trolley. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Bullshit. Anyway, uh, like there's this particular experience that I like to think of as your anger management cruise with the Marines in the Mediterranean. Hmm. Okay, for for everybody who doesn't know me, uh, I spent four years in the Marine Corps, four honorable years. 
And during that time, I was... You have a you love-hate relationship with the Corps. I do have a love-hate rate. I hated being in it when I was there, but <laughs> I have a love for it now that I'm out. Uh-huh. Um, you know, hindsight being 2020, I kind of look back and see what, you know, what the Marines, you know, being... I think anybody who's been enlisted can probably agree with me, you know, the, the things that being enlisted instills in a person, you know, sense of discipline, uh, definitely, a, you know... That pretty much describes everything. A sense of discipline and the ability to get shit done when yeah. you need to get shit done. Uh, you know, it's about taking charge of your responsibilities and and dealing with them. Uh, so, yeah, when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, I went on a cruise. We call them cruises because at any point in time, there's two to three Marine uh, Force Readiness uh, groups deployed across the world, usually in the Mediterranean, one in the Pacific, and sometimes in the Indian Ocean. Just in case shit goes down. In ca- yeah, it's in case anything, any shit goes down, goes south, and we need to be deployed. Mm-hmm. So we're there all- already, yeah. and they can just send us in wherever. Right. So, and they're called MUs, Marine Expeditionary Units. Uh, so I was on the 26th MU, and we did, you know, you, you stop all over, and you do training all over, you cross-train with other nations' militaries. And we were doing training in what I believe, uh, my memory is hazy, uh, lots of inebriation that happens on those cruises, too. <laughs> um, Shocking. <laughs> in Tunisia. So. We were training in Tunisia. Oh, Star you Wars. See Star Wars sets? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we're out there, and, you know, part of our, you know, because you, you do physical fitness all the time, PT, physical training. And so our physical training for the day just happened to be, it's called bull in the ring. And what you do is one, <laughs> two people get in the ring at the very beginning. Don't ask, your, don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> your goal is to eject the your opponent from the ring. Okay. And once, sumo wrestling. Yeah, it's kind of like sumo wrestling. Okay. The rules were there's no tap outs. Uh-huh. And, well, that's pretty much that's it. That's basically it, yeah. So you can't. You can't make your guy submit in the ring. You have to push him out. Okay. Okay. Um, and after that, the next person comes in in line, and then whoever's oh. in there last is the bull in the ring or the king of the mountain. Similar oh. concept. Mm-hmm. So I was a mortarman, and we were going up against machine gunners, which happened to be kind of like our inter-weapons company rival. And uh, so I put... I was a Lance Corporal at the time, which is an E3, and I put this E5 sergeant into a cradle hold mm-hmm. where I actually, he was so skinny, I could actually get my arms around the back of his neck and loop up my other arm underneath the back of his knees and then lock my hands together. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he was in this cradle position, and I was on my b- belly in the sand, uh-huh. and I was literally picking him up and then inching forward towards the ring. Like like hmm. inchworm belly slamming him. Yes, <laughs> okay. inchworm belly slamming him. Uh-huh. And he started to tap out because he couldn't breathe because every time I slammed him down, I'd tighten my grip. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like freaking out because he's, you know, I'm basically suffocating the guy. Yeah. And he's tapping, tapping, tapping. Everybody's saying, he's tapping out, he's tapping out, let him up. And then, you know, we have, in, in the Marines, we don't have our own medics. We have Navy corpsmen. Right. So the Navy corpsman got in there and actually had to split us up. <laughs> well, when the Navy corpsman separated us, another machine gunner came from the outside and, like, blindsided me. And so I ended up getting in a fist fight uh-huh. and all this. Stuff. So huh. after this event, I was taken to the side by our gunnery sergeant mm-hmm. and was told that I can no longer play king in, or bull in the <laughs> ring because I'm too rough. <laughs> in a company uh, marine. That's yeah, right. You know, our mantra yeah. is one shot, one kill. What makes the grass grow? Blood, blood, blood. Yeah. Alright, so, you know, you're brainwashed into, you know, being a freaking slayer but you hugged uh-huh. the guy too hard but i hugged the guy too hard you know uh-huh. it's like i can't play with the other marines because you're too rough wow so later this we also call them floats later this float uh i was i had birthing guard duty and what happens is when you come into port everybody gets to leave on on Le- you know liberty uh-huh. and then some but someone has to stay back and protect your shit so that uh-huh. other people don't break into your shit and steal it right uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, there used to be a saying, there's uh, only one thief in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Everybody else is just trying to get their shit back. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when you're on birthing, you know, you just got to stand and be vigilant during during watch. 
So I had a late watch. Somebody, you know, people would pay you to take their stuff so they'd go out. And I remember, I think it was, we were in Port in Cannes, France, mm-hmm. where they have the film festivals and shit like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, this corporal come back, and he was drunk. And we used to have these itty-bitty wall lockers where you could store, like, toiletries and books or whatever in. And if you left it unsecured, i.e. unlocked, you had little combination locks just like on high school lockers. Uh Mm -hmm. If you left it unsecured, people would put your lock upside down and backwards, so Uh it made it damn near impossible to put the combination in to unlock the son of a bitch. Right. Uh So I'm standing next to my wall locker. It's unlocked, and this corporal comes in and starts flipping the lock like he's getting ready to do something stupid with it. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, man. I was like, you don't have to do that. I'm right here. You know, it's not like, it's not unsecured. Mm-hmm. Right. It's my shit. I'm right. watching it. Uh-huh. And he gets like nose to nose with me. And he's like, what the fuck are you going to do about it, Lance Corporal? And, you know, he's so he's got a rank above me. And I'm like, well, you keep up your shit. And I'm going to show you what I'm going to do about it. So I turn around and the guy like punches me in the back of the head. Uh-oh. And so I turn around and grab him and put him in a reverse headlock and slam back against the wall lockers, mm-hmm. slide down them so his face is going, you know, down the wall lockers. And then I yeah. actually, in my rage, I kind of do this tunnel vision thing. <laughs> And I was dragging his ass in a headlock <laughs> chokehold to a hatch. And the way a hatch is on, because, you know, I was on the USS Austin. Oh, no. Um, the way, you know, they're all waterproof hatches, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a big oval and a rectangular bulkhead. Made of steel. Made of steel. Yeah. And my goal was to put his head in the fucking hatch and close it on it. <laughs> as many times as I could until wow. I could shut the hatch. Uh-huh. Which is the goal. But at that point in time, you know, the lights come on, people are getting up and waking up, and they're like, what the fuck's going on? Right, so, yeah. Weren't you walking <clears throat> him through that whole thing, too? Like, as you were dragging him? You yeah, I was thing. telling him what I was going to do to him. <laughs> I was like, I am going to shut your fucking head in the hatch. <laughs> Here we go. He was this red-headed fucking dickhead, too. I was like, I was like I'm going to paint your face the same color as your hair, you little fucking twit. Should have put him in the cradle hold, man, oh, to man. suffocate him. Nah, well, he was choking. Oh, uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> long story short, everybody in the birthing room, the enlisted, like, it's all the lower-level enlisted, non-commissioned, you know, low-level non-commissioned officers and below. So that's sergeants, corporals, lance mm-hmm. corporals, private first classes and privates. I don't think we had any of those. Well, this guy didn't. He was a cocksucker. <laughs> but, uh... <clears throat> So they all get out and they separate us again. There's this, there's always separation. I'm told to take a walk, right? So go clear your head, take a walk. Mm-hmm. Nothing really happened to me at that point in time, but he was actually reduced in rank uh-huh. and lost pay and was like he couldn't leave leave the ship for the rest of the float. Mm-hmm. So it really worked out bad for him because I was in a position of authority, being the birthing, you know, on watch, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it didn't matter if he outranked me or not. Mm-hmm. So, and probably, you know, the thing that set off this whole anger management was I received a Red Cross message from stateside saying that my great-grandmother died and she'd practically raised me as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't go back. They wouldn't let me go back to attend the funeral, even though, you know, like some guy's girlfriend threatened to commit suicide, so he got to leave. Right. But it's different because, you know, I was in the infantry, and so, you know, the little peon that was in the command... You know, headquarters company, which is, you know, a bunch of pencil pushers. I guess they get to do shit like that. But mm-hmm. if you're infantry, then you got to be hardcore. So I was pissed off, and and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the float. I was kind of pissed off the whole float. Uh-huh. I didn't take shit from anybody. And then probably the uh, last straw before the anger management courses came uh-huh. was we always had to do busy work. Because, you know, you spend a shit ton of time on a ship and there's nothing to do because you're uh-huh. just going from one place to another. Yeah. Right. So you do bullshit classes like how to build a defensive position. Who gives a shit, right? Because yeah. we never build defensive positions. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and so you're supposed to take notes to make look like you're doing something, paying attention, whatever. And I wasn't taking notes. And so this corporal comes up to me. He's like, why aren't you taking notes, Marine? And I was like, 
because I already know this shit. I was like, I went to boot camp, school of infantry, uh-huh. you know, did it all there. So I figure I've, I'm beyond this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, Devil Dog. <laughs> Which, if you're familiar with the Marines, Devil Dog is kind of like, uh, it can almost be a disrespectful right. thing coming from fellow Marines. What's the what's the origin the, of that? The origin of that story is in the Battle of Bela Woods in World War I uh-huh. against the Germans. The Marines were so tenacious that the Germans named us Tufelhundens, which is German for devil dog, devil dog. Okay. and just stuck. Huh. Um, okay. So, but, you know, when Marines use that term on each other, it's, it's kind of like... like yeah. mocking. There's yeah, some context like, there, yeah. Yeah. So, he's like, well, devil dog, you better get your pen out. Start uh-huh. taking notes. Uh-huh. So, I took my pen out, uh-huh. and I placed it, the ink, right below his eye on his uh-huh. eyelid. And I was like, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to take notes on your eyeball. Uh-huh. And then after that, I was... Forced to take anger management classes on ship. Did it take? Does it sound like it did? <laughs> so, so I want to so change my opinion on RPG gamers real quick. Can, can we do that? <laughs> that's the backstory. I'm sure that should be edited out some. It was pretty long. No, well, no, no. That's that's all good. Um, but it does take us right into, unless you had something else. Um, there's a couple, there's, oh god, there's so many good stories I can remember him telling. Hey man, I can come back later. We can tell us, right. every time well, I come back, I'll tell a new a marine story. Come a marine story. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> we'll get a new marine story each time. So, anyway, but it kind of illustrates the point, you're big into RPGs. Yes. I mean, not just, you like, playing, you like, you almost are a student of the mechanics of the creation aspect, of the licensing. I mean, you are really steeped in all of our uh, RPG lore. Would you say that the average person into RPG is got something wrong with them? <laughs> no. Really? Really. Okay. Like, you like got- I wouldn't say, because I think what you're trying to imply there is that they had something more wrong with them than somebody who isn't into RPGs. This, what brought us to this point is Jim forwarded me this email or this this message from uh, this uh, guy's uh, journal and I'll, I'll, his blog, and I'll, I'll um, add that to the show notes. But he basically told a story about how Bill Cosby once in one of his stand-up routines, he, like, asked a guy, like, you know, what's cocaine like? And he's like, oh, it's fantastic. It, like, it, like amplifies your personality. And Bill Cosby said, oh, yeah? Well, what if you're an asshole? You know, basically, it's like cocaine's going to amplify your asshole persona. Mm-hmm. And his theory, he went on these, like, a bunch of anecdotal experiences saying that, like, RPG, in his opinion, amplified people's personalities. Anything that you brought to the table as far as, you know, maybe feeling downtrodden or outcast or angry or whatever is going to come out tenfold in a table. And it manifests itself into argumentative behaviors and the rules lawyering and to just being kind of a shit um, and it's funny because I see a lot of like RPG based humor. Um, the angry DM um, that made the Lord of the Rings, uh, the guy that's now making the Star Wars uh, role playing game comic strips. They always talk about like there's this adversarial relationship between the DMs and the players and the players amongst each other. Like they don't work as a team. They're like these almost a band of maniacs. I'd say it's a dysfunctional group. Yeah. Dysfunctional so RPG and like group. like our friend Peter. Has had all kinds of stories. Like he almost got thrown out of a yeah session his very once. first RPG session. He, <laughs> but Peter he is the guy basically was like, "I'm going to kill you. Right. I well, don't like you. I'm going to kill you." Yeah, but he did some things that contributed to that. I think I don't know. And, I've not heard. And that part he of has the story. a very strong personality. He does. Yeah. So it's like everything I've seen. Now, I've always been in RPGs, but I consider myself kind of like a normal nerd. Like I can pass for normal anyway, <laughs> especially when the occasion calls for it. <clears throat> it's because you watch football. and have sex with women yes but um so what do you i mean so to defend i guess the make the positive case for rpgism well i don't know if i can making the case for positive rpgism whatever it's a fucking game right whatever but i think what the core the the core of the situation here is addictive personalities Mm -hmm. and or anything anyone anything that anyone's passionate about Uh so Mm -hmm. Whenever you find somebody's passion about a topic, then you're going to find or areas where groups of passionate people get together. Uh-huh. You're going to find these, you know, asshole types that, you know, basically alpha type personalities that, you know, make themselves clear. I think 
You can find that anywhere. Sports. Look mm-hmm. at the fucking assholes up there in Vancouver rioting over the yeah. goddamn team losing. Yeah. True. True. Um, politics, religion, sure. anywhere passion exists is you're going to find this type of person. I think mm-hmm. that maybe because there's already an existing social stigma against stuff like Dungeons Dragons. I mean, we had the whole sure, yeah. Satan demon the, hunt, yeah, witch hunt of the freaking eighties, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so, because there's already a social stigma, because you know, everybody views sports as popular, so therefore yeah. people tend to dismiss things like like that in sports more readily than say the asshole gamer. They say, what's the harm, right? right. Well, yeah, yeah. like you see in Gen Con, everybody, all the radio people, all the TV people put emphasis on the freaks dressing up. But every fucking Colts game where their guys got stripped (laughs) down to the waist with blue body paint and wearing a horse horse head head and all that bullshit, that's 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 cool. That's just an awesome Sunday, right? Yeah, right, right, right. So it's like, it's all about what's socially acceptable. I mean, I I dig that. But why is it that, like... In a way that, like, TV, movies, and everything else is a form of entertainment, why are, like, nerds in the, like, <laughs> sense of the word drawn to RPGs and Gen Con and all that kind of stuff? Even more can, than, can like, I video- jump in? Oh, yeah. Can, no, I'm no, like- no. Shut the fuck up. This is me and Mad Bruce Cash now. Uh, I'm going to stop recording right now. No, I, uh, no, yeah, I, you don't I, piss off the editor of the show. Right. Uh, no, I just wanted to to jump in with basically agreeing with Mad Bruce here. Um I don't necessarily think it turns you into an asshole. That's just if your personality is such. Um, I think what it does is it tends to distort your personality a little bit or or distort what you deem as acceptable behavior within the the rest of society. Because, like I I said earlier, you kind of form these little pockets, these little micro groups and societies um, where a a certain type of behavior becomes acceptable. Like... I don't think the Philharmonic, had he not been exposed to, for a very long period of time, the same small group of people, I don't think he'd be making giraffe noises into in the middle of a work setting, you know? I, I think he's become accustomed to making those noises and to behaving a certain way within his group, and now he feels that he can take that, and that's just part of his personality, and he can move that into the greater society. And and it, where it's just not acceptable for... The, for most situations, you know, but that guy's almost like he's too, not an if, asshole. If that's true, he's too socially awkward to function. Like we've talked about the other people that, like, you know, you see like these nerds that the only way they can relate to people is like the quote non, uh, Monty Python. Yeah, like, they'll go yeah. to like a business convention or whatever, before. and they'll start like you know behaving this way. And mm-hmm. I, I, everyone knows at least somebody like that that doesn't get the fact that. Not everyone is into this thing as you are. Yeah, and you're in a mixed setting, so so you need to tone it down just a bit. <laughs> and I think like that's weird to say because that's the experience I have at Gen Con. Like I'll be standing in line, and some guy gets in this like really intense discussion with me about something that I have no idea, <laughs> and I'll even be like, I'll even be like, Yeah, right. I've never played that. And then <laughs> just the guy nod and smile, and then the guy will still continue to be like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. and that one time where I like, oh, and he'll like, and then uh, he'll like drag out his character sheets uh, for a yeah. system that I never have even. You- well, Have I told you about my twentieth level paladin? Why yeah. does that? Why does that happen? I, I, don't, I know. don't know. Is it because that's just what their life is? Like that is so much a part of their life that they can't they can't talk about anything else. I don't know, or they just don't or get social they, cues. Like I don't know what you're talking like, here's, about. Here's I'm not you. Yeah. It is important to them. I mean, because sure, obviously it's important to them, but they never have a opportunity to share it. Except for like, so their when group, these, which already knows. Right. So when these opportunities like this happen, mm-hmm. then they jump on any opportunity they can to share it. Because they want to share it. Yeah. They're proud of sure. whatever they've so been. So this is like a geek pride event. In the same way that gay pride parades are not about the... chaps. Ev- yeah. yeah, they're not about the everyday <laughs> gay people. You know, it's about the assless chaps and uh-huh. the whips and the leather and sure. the glitter and the hard bodies and the... the, 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 the so Gen Con is a geek pride event where everybody's just letting it all hang out. Yeah. Whether it is acceptable or not, they don't give Gen- a fuck. Gen Con's a, a bad example because I think you go to Gen Con, you've got to assume that everyone there is basically the same level you're at with everything you enjoy. And I will say that that's right? probably true, even more so than the extent of like the, the Penny Arcade Expo. 
Like, cause there's like some fairly normal people at Penny Arcade Expo, yeah. and they're not as weird as the folks that go to <laughs> the average amount of weirdness at Penny Arcade Expo is not the same as the average amount of weirdness that goes on at Gen Con. Having intended both. Why is that? Is that the RPG element? Because there's not a big RPG element at PAX. I th- but it's huge at Gen Con. Uh, I don't know because Penny Arcade Expo started off as a social event. Okay. Like, video games were a part of it, but there was way more people there than video games to go around. Where in Gen Con, pretty much everybody is there to play games and to do the true dungeon mm. stuff and do the okay. LARP, and the costuming is huge. Gen and... Con's far more established than PAX, too. That's, That's true. true. So yeah. it's been around since the 80s, 70s, right. 70s 80s, wow, something like that. that long? Oh, yeah. Like, before it, it was to... actually Gen Con, it was something else, and it, 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 it happened in Lake Geneva. It was put on by TSR, right? I mean, the people think, that own well, Dungeons & Dragons made it. Now... Is that huh. true? Don't... The people... Yeah, TSR did Gen Con, but I think that it was actually a local convention, not necessarily affiliated with TSR, TSR to begin with, mm-hmm. that was eventually consumed by TSR. the D- D&D phenomena. And then it just became Gen Con. Hmm, okay. um, and so, you know, yeah, I mean, it lasted for decades in Wisconsin before it moved to Indianapolis. So how do you think that has contributed to the, the difference between the two? Well, I think, yeah, I think it's... I think PAX is more multi-nerd... Well, I don't know what the word I'm looking culture. for. Culture? Yeah, multi-nerd culture, mm-hmm. whereas... Gen Con specifically focuses on a subset of nerd culture, mm-hmm. and you have people that's been attending it for generations. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so but possibly back kind before of, video games were even. It's a larger or event, popular. right? Yeah, it's a larger event too. Yeah, far larger. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know the numbers. I think it's about double the size of Pax, at least. Yeah. I mean, like you're. I, I, it's I was still trying growing. to tell Jim that, that the size of Gen Con <laughs> dwarfs your imagination. I mean. Like, uh, I can't even, I, I can't even, because there's nothing like the concerts that are roughly equivalent how, how to many, Gen Con. How many attendees attended PAX? So there's like 60,000. That's But that's like that's ticket sales. Style, yeah. Where Gen Con's like 120, right? <laughs> More? Uh, I want to say way less. Way oh, less? God, no. There's no freaking way there's less people the, at Gen Con than Pin. The Indianapolis Convention Center is enormous. I've I don't know how much they rent out. And that's turnstile. They, they released, their, turnstile. They released their traffic numbers last year. I thought it was like 100,000. We're going to so, solve this. Keep talking. I'm going to. So, yeah. Out. I don't want to say, you know what You know what number popped into my head? What? 35. No. no fucking It can't why. be smaller than It can't be smaller than packs. I've been to both. But, I mean, that's just... Like the CCG, that's an unfounded. The CCG <laughs> room is bigger at Gen Con than the entire know, board game and role playing game room know. is at PAX. The Dungeons and Dragons room is bigger than the fucking board game and role playing. I do game know that PAX. it's growing. Like every year, it's grown. And then this year, of course, those familiar with the Indiana Convention Center, yeah. know that they did the expansion, right? And so now it's in the new digs, right? So are we going to go? How about be, are we going to be this? less We're, than hotels? If we want to go by Wikipedia's uh, <laughs> knowledge, uh-huh. Gen Con 20, 2010 brought in just over thirty thousand attendees. I told you that's fucking bullshit. Now, now I, I believe that that's you. actual attendees, okay. not turnstile. Okay, so. If we're talking turnstile packs, they were saying it's like twenty thousand, right? Okay. Somewhere, somewhere in that range, right? So, I mean, it's it's bigger, but not by much. I just said, yeah. Just judging... When you said a hundred thousand, I thought you <laughs> that, were smoking well, crack, but it, I didn't want to say it and be wrong. But it's a, it but might <laughs> be that it might be that it's turnstile. a five day convention. So exactly. thirty thousand people over five days equals a, a turnstile of one hundred twenty thousand yeah, people, roughly. I'm just saying that I'm saying I want to say that Gen Con's about twice as large as Pin Arcade Expo is what my gut says. It'll be interesting to see what you There's think. There's a lot of things is, you can do that you don't need time. the tickets though to you know, sure. like the badge. So. Sure. Yeah, and that whole thing confuses me. Like you get the badge. Oh, you, what what is that? Well we, we were talking on, about this later when uh, we get closer to Gen, to Gen Con, Con right? right, like, right, right. Yeah. So back on topic, that's the other thing is like Gen Con has an overall dick, more dickish vibe than Penny Arcade Expo. There's a lot more tournaments and stuff. And I, I wonder if it's because, yeah, that the stuff seem, tends to be more competitive. Mm, yeah. You know, have, not having attended PAX, which I'd like to, but I can't, you know, I can't compare the two. Mm. Um, but I will say that the more competitive the game, for instance, Wargaming. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, there's, yeah. there's obviously going to be a lot of shit talk and, you know. Oh, yeah. 
like smug, smug winners and uh, all sorts of you know oh, yeah. Magic the Gathering. Hell, I mean, oh, how many oh, dicks God. have you found playing that? Oh, the worst. But yeah, you know, that's with anything competitive though. Yeah, I mean, you know, even in sports. Yeah, I think you you run into that shit. True. Like of if course, you had a, you know, it's not some nerd and some nerd with tape on his glasses fucking being a dick <laughs> to you at that point. But, right, yeah. right. So there is a difference. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. There's a visual difference. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so let's talk about the another hot topic we talked about, which is inclusivity. Be inclusive in gaming. Inclusivity. This was a um, a what was the essay that sparked that? It was on a site called. It was called the Angry DM. Well, that was the response. Uh, right? Yeah, that was the response. He sounds pretty the, inclusive. Uh, <laughs> He actually is more inclusive. This is than my I would game, be. or this is my table. This is my game, or this is my table. Again, inclusive was uh, was the site. Uh huh. Mm, but okay. the author, I remember her name. Her handle is Geek Lindsay. Okay. And she, I think she, without having the article in front of me, I hate to try to say anything about the article. I've read it too, so if you get way but off But the basics, the basics of the article was, uh, um, shoot, what is the word I'm looking for? White male privilege. Yes, privilege. Hmm. Okay. White male privilege and... Straight male. Non-transgender. Yeah, heterosexual, cisgendered, right. white males. Right. And Which for anybody who doesn't know what cisgendered specific. is, I didn't know that before like six months ago. And that just means that you're the orientation you're born with. So if you're a male, so, you're... So if you're, if you're uh, born with a penis, you still have a penis, and then you also like the opposite sex. Yes. Or you okay. identify like if you're a man born in a woman's body, that's not cisgender, that's not cisgender privilege. No. And we're all... We are the most privileged class because sure. we're white. I'm not fucking white. <laughs> what are you what talking about? He's, he's Jamaican, man. You can't tell that? See the dreads? <laughs> yeah, he's Nubian. Nubian. <laughs> he's blue-black Nubian over here. But me and Jim, <laughs> me and Jim are as white privileged as you can think. We're yeah, all on the, we're white collar, we're fucking get, white skin. I don't think you get much whiter than I am. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're, you're Nordic. I am Nordic. Mm. Um, German ancestry. So, um, so her point was that g- gamers don't consider their g- their their privileges, right? And that we should try to modify our gaming table to make accommodate sure everyone feels comfortable it, at it. Wait, 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 wait! Isn't but, this the exact opposite of being colorblind or genderblind or whatever you want to say? We need to specifically. Note the fact that we're not paying attention to gender or color or sexual orientation, and then yeah. and then make it's modifications. Big, I based mean, on it's that? obviously a, it's a bigger topic than than just for gaming. Forget absolutely, yes. it is. it's yeah. a huge fucking topic. It's, just and like, the it's like a goddamn landmine trying to navigate it, especially yeah. if you're part of the class that is privileged. privileged. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're either right. a goddamn, you know, you're. You're either a privileged guy or you're like a white knight asshole that oh. is pretending to identify with the unprivileged community in order to gain yeah. advantages Get with their pants. Yeah. Well, I, would, <laughs> I, I would say that's what she's advocating, right? Yeah. So that we that we take note of that and then modify our personalities, modify our gaming sessions, whatever. But to, she's like, like, I guess it comes down to. Uh, this is something else we were talking about, social contracts, right? Right. So there is a sort of unspoken social contract between you and your group that we're here to have fun, right? Or right. maybe not. Maybe your social contract so. is we're going to be dicks to each other. Right. Because <laughs> that's what we're into. Right, right. I, uh, where do I sign? That's what we enjoy. We enjoy fucking ragging on each other we're and gonna making... Tr- we're going to trade yeah. frog punches. You know, whatever. And... But whatever. That is the, there's an expectation, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when you have a gaming group, there's an expectation. And... So, breaking that expectation, you're going to piss people off, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether no matter what it is. Right. And so I'm trying to think at the meta level, without any gender, race, religious creed shit creeping in. So, but it seemed to me like what she was wanting, and of course, if she ever listens to this podcast, she'll probably cry about how I didn't get it right. Um, <laughs> we're sending it to her a link immediately after we record this. But uh-huh. you know, it, it seemed like that everybody she wants everybody's group to ex- to change, modify their behavior to accept you know, so that these 
non-privileged demographics can feel at home in your group. Right. And it's so and one of the things that she made was like rape jokes. People okay. were making rape jokes at the game table. I, I don't know what the rape joke was. Right. Um, you know, like the orc comes over and rapes your ass. Is that the rape joke or is it like no seriously, you get kidnapped and somebody's raping you in the ass? What or do you the do? vagina or whatever the fuck and your mouth funny. roll a d20. Right. Yeah, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, but my point, I think I disagree with her. I think to a point, I think that you every group has expectations and as long as you live within those expectations, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Huh. And they your group doesn't have to accommodate everybody. And that's what the angry, G, the angry DM, his retort was, you don't, I think the title of his article was, you don't have a God given right to my fucking friendship. Yeah. Right. And to my gaming so, table. So like I can choose who the fuck I want to be friends with. I don't have to be friends with any goddamn non-privileged groups if I don't want to. Sure. Right. That's why it's America. You're, right. right. You know, everybody has, I guess everybody has the right to be an asshole, you know? Right. Um, but even, like, there's some things, like, for example, I'm, like, participating in this new gaming group. It's meets once a month in Fishers, and they do board games. And, uh, you know... Fishers. Yeah. Uppity. Yeah. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's no downtown ones. You're not getting into my gaming group. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Fishers is a little hotty-totty for the, our re- non-regional listeners um, in Indianapolis. Um, so, but the problem is, like, for example, someone beats my ass in a game, and I'm like, dude, you raped me. And some girl in the corner starts bawling and runs out of the room, and everybody looks at me like I'm an asshole. Did this happen last time? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it could. It could. Sure, absolutely. And, like, and the, the reaction is not that, like, look, you didn't know, but, like, she was got raped and, like, it's a big deal. It'd be like you're a bad person for not pre-taking an account of her feelings for a relatively common expression amongst gamers. Good or bad. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of, like, my feelings on the whole rape joke and using that as, like, just a way that using the the fag and and describing things as gay has a, has evolved with me in the last year or two. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to take a look at another look at that. But it's it's a fairly common like you know you go into an online game, you go to Gen Con, you will hear people talk about being raped in a, oh, yeah. in a like hi- hyperbolic state. So if 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 that's the common expression, and you know I can see that the reaction would be like, look, that's kind of offensive. I had this personal experience, blah blah blah. But it's almost like when that happens, the person that said it is presumed to be a bad person. And I kind of have a problem with that because, number one, it stifles opportunities to educate. And it's another thing is, like, when I've gotten into, I want to say debates, but the kind of discussions with people about these topics, a lot of the people that are promoting this this, this privilege status are like, it's not my job to educate you. Mm. You know, Mm. it's like, well, then my ass is going to stay ignorant. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Christ! Some, somebody has to educate you, right? Like, right? If no one, if it's no one's job to educate you, how are you ever going to get an? But education? that's one. Like, if you look at this privilege stuff, one of the things as a male, one of the things that a male aggressor or a rape apologist, or whatever, does is make the victim defend themselves. And when you put it that way, it kind of does make sense. It's like, okay, why should a rape victim have to explain why rape jokes make them feel bad? But on the other hand. You kind of do. It's just like we talked about. If you're a minority, your job is to get to the majority to accept them. You can't demand unequivocal unequivocal acceptance. You can try, but it doesn't usually exist. It doesn't usually work out that way. Okay. Well, there there's again as the fucking privileged white male in the room. I don't know. Okay. So there, there's a threshold. I mean, how could you know? Right. Being privileged exactly. and white. I mean, I know how what it's like to know? be bullied. I know what it's like to be picked on because I went through that in high school. I don't well, want to. I don't wish that on anyone. I I am a member of the most despised minority in America. What's that? Atheist. Oh. oh. Okay. So as, as so I, I can so. I can identify with. Right. With non-privileged people, sure. right? So it's not impossible for me to do that. But it seems like, but I don't go around like declaring my minority. All you know, and, 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 and I don't get offended when someone praises God in front of me. Right, right, right. It can be annoying you know? sometimes, but it and that's the thing. Like, there's degrees. Sometimes. Like, for example, if I was back, I got a growth spurt in high school, and I didn't get bullied in high school. But back in junior high, when I was still kind of scrawny, and I got bullied. <laughs> uh-huh. If some jock made some fucking nerd joke, just like. As a you know, just observation nerd culture, it wouldn't be that didn't bother me. It's when they were fucking punching me in the face and pushing me down and <laughs> taking my shit 
Yeah. And I couldn't yeah. do anything about it. That's what really bothered me. So, so you're saying just basically don't rape a rape victim and you're fine? Is that no, what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just... I think that's what you were advocating. No, I'm just saying that, like, as a person that has been kind of persecuted... That was a rape I, joke. I'm, not, I'm sorry. I apologize. From the, from the bottom of my heart, I... No. Okay, go ahead. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm just saying that as a member, like, I know what it's like to be, you know, physically oppressed and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't like mm. it, but at the same time... There's degrees of there's stuff that people do because they just don't know any better, mm-hmm. and there's active, yeah. active like it, cruelty. Absolutely, and and here's and, the and thing. if you Once... if you conflate the two, all you take is the people that are ignorant and want to do right, and mm-hmm. you piss them off and make them feel defensive and want well, to, you know. I think calling it privilege, you know, when you're male white privilege, I think that automatically puts you on. If yeah, you're white male, it automatically makes you de- like. So you're saying that. Even though I didn't participate in these activities that marginalized your mm-hmm. demographic, that I'm automatically to blame because I share some kind of quality with these assholes. Right. Huh. Yeah. Like a skin color. Right. Who? Fu- yeah. Well, I'm telling you, yeah, there's white male assholes all over the fucking place, and there's black male assholes and Asian female assholes. Right. I mean, they're fucking all over. Sure. Right. Yeah. But to, and it's, you know, it's, it's not a choice. You can't fucking. I guess you can tan or something. I don't. But it's, it is because there's like <laughs> here's, a, here's an illustration because like for example, I live my life and I walk down the streets and like ninety eight percent of the people that I meet, I don't even the uh, being afraid of them doesn't even enter my uh, uh, like conscious. I, I can't. Every once in a while, I'll see a big bad dude that looks big and bad, and I'll be like, "Well, I need to keep my eye on him." But still, I'm like pants shitting afraid. Women live in a world where. Fifty percent of people they meet can overpower them if they chose. They just chose yeah. to like. That's, that's part of the privilege, right? We we don't. Yeah, but it's like I didn't ask to be a man, but I live in a world that has a privilege of I'm relatively unafraid that someone's going to overpower me so, so, and do something bad to me as an adult. As a child, I didn't sure. feel that way. So, so what do you what do you think is happening here? Should we bring the world up to par to where everyone understands what's going on and? Everyone else's life. I think that the, we all need to evolve and find you know better ways to be you know conscientious of people. Well, you know? okay, let's take this back to gaming. As <laughs> as geeks and nerds, we were all the victim class at one point, right? right? So, what did we think at that time? Honestly, I didn't feel that victimized because I was not being punched or right, beat right. up or whatever. Um, but I don't I don't know how super nerds feel like right. the, the asshole gamers that we're talking well, about. I mean, at an extreme, you got the Columbine guys that think it's a good Columbine, idea. Yeah. Columbine guys that think it's a good idea to load up and lock and load and go in and shoot their high school up. Yeah. And as it's funny because when that happened, I was like 22, and like people were like talking about how bad it was and how crazy. And I'm like, you know, I can completely see the worldview from these guys' eyes. I understand huh. the impulses that the would take them coat there. Mafia. Right, yeah, right. Right. Like I don't like. I'm not going to condemn them. Did I you wear trench coats? No, I did not. <laughs> he wasn't I, allowed to. I think it's, <laughs> I mean, it's a very sad situation, but I understand why they did what they did. It's oh, bad. Totally. And, so, but I also think a lot of, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, like, a dark part of me wants to say, if they went in there and assassinated the people that actually are directly yeah. responsible well, that's for what, the actions. That was my second mm-hmm. thought. But what they did is they went in indiscriminately, just mm-hmm. killed everybody. Yeah. To, but So... You know, again, that's kind of like the you know when you when you're a person of the a persecuted minority and you lash out at just mere ignorance or apathy, it you you almost can you're taking a chance of losing a valuable ally. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what the angry nerds' point of view is. Like you come to me and say, "Hey, I'm a human being. I want to be respected and feel secure, and these actions are making me feel disrespected and insecure." Mm-hmm. Then I'll be your ally, and I will make sure that shit doesn't happen. You know, because I want you as my friend. Mm-hmm. But if you say you're a bad person because you allowed this to happen in my presence, he's gonna be like, "Fuck you." And, yeah. and here's the thing: going back to that article by uh, Geek Lindsay, and I think it's called. Uh, well, never mind. The damn title just explained. I'll post it in the. So, yeah, in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. Uh Uh, I think that's what she wanted to say. Exactly that. That that she's looking for allies. Uh huh. But I think by fucking starting the whole goddamn article with the white male privilege, it just totally, like, destroyed her message. It's like, it should have just goddamn come to it. Look, if I'm at your group 
and I'm an accepted member of your group, and your behavior is upsetting me. If I come out and say that it upsets me, then you guys shouldn't get pissed off at me. Right. Yeah. Which is totally agreeable. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, if, if that girl is part of my group, and she gets pissed at something, let me know. And it'll change. But don't expect every group, every new group you join to automatically have this sensitivity to whatever you have a sensitivity to. Right. Because they don't. Maybe it's it's outside of the realm of experience. Right. Because I guarantee you you are doing something offensive to somebody. Probably. Yeah. And you the well, only I'm th- giving you the finger right now, but <laughs> <laughs> underneath the table. The only thing you can do is let someone know that, hey, this is what's happened, this is my experience, this is my view, worldview as a human being, not as a victim class and as a, but just as a fellow human being and be empathetic and the other mm-hmm. person how they respond to that is what makes them an asshole or not. But the prejudge them as an asshole yeah. seems unfair to everyone. And guess what? what? If they're still an asshole after that, Find a fucking different group. Yeah, yeah, right. Because they're an asshole. Right. <laughs> so. And they're going to be assholes in other parts of life. Absolutely. So can we uh, – we've only got a few minutes left here, but I just want to talk really quickly about LARPers because I know mm. Mabru has some very strong opinions about LARPers. Yep. Um, I love and- you, LARPers. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He's lying. <laughs> but, but I watched this documentary called Darkon. Have you seen this? No. Do, have- do you know what Darkon is? Uh... It's, it's basically like this – War LARP is it like medieval medieval, medieval combat? Okay, and see that's the only type of LARPing that I'm familiar with is the medieval type. It's kind of like the Society for Creative Anachronism. 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 Thank you. Had a few too many magic ads. Dick out of your mouth. Yeah, but oh god, that's insensitive, Mike. You asshole! If I suck dick in my own time, it's my own I guess you need to find a new guest then. Uh, anyway, so I was watching this documentary, and there were some people who seemed somewhat normal in it, and I've always thought of LARPers as these totally mm. malfunctioning uh, personalities who can't cope with real life, so they they retreat into these false worlds. Um, but there were some that. surprisingly normal people in there, but there were also the creepy, dysfunctional people. Of course. So I, I was wondering what separates the LARPer... From the RPGer, because uh, basically, as I see it, and, and I'll just say this up front because you're going to have an aneurysm here. Yeah. I know it. Basically, as I see it, LARPers are just RPGers with exercise. Oh, bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen enough LARPs. That's probably true because that's really the only thing I've seen of LARPs is the Dark um, documentary <laughs> on Netflix. By the way, if you want, let me see out. the whole. God, the, some of the LARPers I've met need more fucking exercise, myself included. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I. I am a uh, recovering LARPer. Really? Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. You need to uh, leave. I used no. to, probably after Medieval Battle type LARPs, the second most popular LARP are World of the World of Darkness LARPs. Mm-hmm. And World What's of Darkness that? is Twilight. a... The bullshit. There's no goddamn... <laughs> there's no Whoa. sparkly, you iridescent... Can roll, you can roll the sparkle. You can, you can, you can, you can, you can I know someone who's participated. I'm your fucking mic. But anyways, no. I have a soft spot for the World of Darkness, but not for the LARP. Okay. Um, the World of Darkness is actually a intellectual property setting published by a publisher called White Wolf, which was mm, recently okay. – well, I guess not very recently, but a while back was bought by CCP, who does the uh, – EVE Online. EVE Online. Yep. So – and they're actually going to come out with the World of Darkness uh, MMO. No, oh, they're, they're working interesting. on it. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to LARP anymore. You can just play I don't the game. have to LARP anymore. I can just get on the game. The <laughs> Here's the problem, though. If it has subscription fees, White Wolf, I am not going to play it. So I don't <laughs> – Pay to play every month. I'll pay one time. Yeah, okay. Um, <clears throat> which is a, another problem I have with fucking LARPs. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so the World of Darkness and what the World of Darkness is is basically imagine our world just slightly darker and you have vampires, werewolf, ghosts. So it's Twilight. Fucking, <laughs> it's not Twilight because it's actually – I would say it's more horrific than Twilight. Where's the horror sure. elements in Twilight? Right, right. I wouldn't say it's – Well, it's the a acting. Ro- it's a romance. It's a super <laughs> – the acting. But in the books, the original source material, the writing. And then – but beyond that, it's just a supernatural romance. Right, right, right. So yeah. – um, But they're like no shit vampires and there's houses and there's conflict between them. And right, there's, there's plans. It's yeah. like – and there's this whole jihad. They call it the jihad, which is like – 
these ancient vampires struggling against each other in these millennium-old plots. So it's like, you know, because they live forever, they can plot forever. They can hold really long grudges. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, but there's a tabletop role-playing game. It came out in 1993. Vampire the Masquerade was the flagship sure. game. Yep. And then after that, they came out with the LARP, the live-action role-play rules, called Mind's Eye Theater. Now, I've been a party to many, many LARPs, and I guess the the my biggest gripe with LARPs is that everybody tries to dress up in character, but everybody does okay. it half fucking ass. You see this at Gen Con, the the two Naruto girls, you Naruto fuckers, you stay home, <laughs> stay home at, from Gen Con. I fucking hate you guys. Or you got the three hundred pound women with the corsets. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. give him the size well, sixteen or, waist, or the, the bikini slave layers. Yeah. yeah, no muffin tops. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No uh-huh. Muffin tops. I'm I'm going full muffin tops. So, well, <laughs> or no? But here's the thing: in World of Darkness, LARPs, mm. fishnets in. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever seen hundred pounds of flesh smashed into fishnet, only rated to hold like twenty five pounds, and you right. got like these little squares of fucking fat coming out of them. They look like oh the predator. My. Oh, it's fucking gross. Oh <laughs> my, they got so, predator legs. Because guess what? In World of Darkness LARPs, there's no exercise. It's actually just a bunch of people standing around and like four people actually role playing most of the time, mm-hmm. and you have to pay to get in most of the time. Mm-hmm. Five bucks a pop, usually wow. three to five dollars a pop. Huh. Just to cover the cost of the facility, or is it lining the DM's pocket, or what? Well, I would say it's to cover the cost of the facility until you realize that you can buy back XP for all the games that you weren't there for. Really? Yeah. So that kind of seems like lining the pockets of the GM. Or maybe they're just putting a savings account to rent the free facility Mm -hmm. whenever they they charge for it. Uh So. But yeah, no. Um, so, so I love the concept. The concept of the LARP is awesome. So what's the problem? Okay. Tell me. Yeah, besides, what's the difference? Like, that, you know what? It, I'm gonna. It's the type of person that's attracted, and, and specifically, it has to specifically to do with World of Darkness LARPs because I can't speak about the medieval battle stuff since I've never played in it. Right. Okay. The rules and how these things, the player interaction for the World of Darkness Mind's Eye Theater LARPs attracts the power gaming fuckhead. Mm-hmm. Because what it is is that you can amass. No one's playing at the same level. That's the problem. So if you're there from the beginning, mm-hmm. and it's been running for six months, mm-hmm. then you're this uber powerful fucking dick right. that can mm-hmm. get away with anything. Because new the guys vampire coming in, god, that has new to- guys coming in have to build up to that. But the problem is, you're always if you're there and buying back XP for all the games that you missed, you're always going to be above everybody, right? So I think that actually promotes, like, a power gaming philosophy. But isn't that kind of realistic? Because if you had it, a real society where you had these uber-god vampires, the new vampires would have to kiss their ass. It would be realistic. It's not much fun to play, though. No. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be realistic. But it, the problem is all the new guys would overturn the old guy in a hurry. Ah. Why does that, that happen, happen in the game? I don't Because I don't know. Had, See, did, I, did you try to lead a vampire revolution? I've done that once, yeah. Really? Yeah. How'd that turn out? <laughs> Actually, the LARP ended. So, uh, <laughs> Apocalyptic, I <yeah>. love it. <laughs> so I, I really want to get to like the crux of the difference between the, the oh, RPGer and, and the LARPer, because LARPers are not accepted. In in even the most geeky RPG You're circles, right. LARPers exactly are not accepted. They are. It's one of the only outcast groups within all. Because, of okay, here's here. I, I can say. tell you exactly they're, why they're banished the to Union Station at Gen Con. People talk about them <laughs> because those are the people that media agencies focus on to highlight why fucking RPGs are so fucking whacked. Mm. They're like, wow, look at these silly assholes. You know, it's like mazes and monsters. Look at the silly assholes dressing up and playing around in the steam tunnels and actually killing each other. Right. Uh, right. You know, like, to go back to the old bad bothered against D&D from the right. 80s. I don't know if you're familiar right. with that. But, you know, you had the one guy in Michigan that disappeared in the steam tunnels and he was actually gay. And that's probably why he went down there and killed himself or whatever. But it had nothing to do with D&D. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. It had to do with other types of uh, discrimination and hate. Right. Um, but, you know, I think that's when it comes down to it, why a tabletop role player 
kind of dismisses the LARP role player or looks down on them from their nose is is that those are the guys that are always used to represent them. They're giving them the bad name. Yes. So yeah, these guys prancing around. I don't even road. know if the bad name is warranted. I mean, but they use the costuming and dressing up and physically cuz when you hear about people physically acting things out, right. then the next logical or maybe it's not logical, but the next thought that jumps into most dumbasses heads or that, wow, they're actually trying to cast spells and they're actually trying to stab They believe it. Yeah. They believe it. Yeah, right. well, that's not that's not even the thing in, in my mind. I mean, probably in the media, like you're saying, but I, I'm thinking there are a lot of people who are don't have the greatest lives, we'll say that, mm-hmm. uh, who are involved in LARPing. And I think you're partially right. Most people who are in that situation are attracted to LARPs because it takes them out of the current crappy existence that they have puts them into something where they can be a hero, mm-hmm. where they can be save the world, you know? Um, so it's one step beyond, in my opinion, RPGs. Like, RPGs will do that temporarily for a few hours while you're you're playing the game. You're sitting in your basement eating snacks and having fun with your friends. But with LARPing, you're constantly, you're making armor. You're, you're I mean, people, like, make chain mail yeah. from scratch. It's a way to extend it in other people parts of it. It's a lifestyle. in your life. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. It's more yeah. of a lifestyle, yes, I'd say, than RPGing. So it's the next step further. And I think the more dysfunctional you are, the more likely you're, you are to get into something more deeply, which the LARP kind of takes it to the most extreme level. Well, I think there's, like, in any game, there's the people that get into it because they think it's fun. And mm-hmm. that's all. It is just a game. And there's some people that take yeah. it just a little bit too seriously. And probably the Venn diagram of that gets more and more overlapping as you get more and more time commitment. Yeah. Like the people, you know, forever, there's like one of the executives at Penny Arcade is a massive uh, uh, anachronism SCA guy. And he dresses up, he's got the armor, and he's got the swords and all this stuff, but he's fully functional adult. Mm-hmm. For every one of those, there's probably 10 guys that you know, are sitting there getting tattoos of their fictional coat of arms on their arms and, you mm-hmm. know, breaking up with girlfriends because there's a conflict of their latest battle and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think that the more, like, it, like you start off very casual gaming where, like, you know, the, 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 the crazies and the normals are about the same. And then every step of involvement you get, the more and more complex a rule set, the more it is, the the harder it is to master. The more time it takes, the more buy-in there is, yeah. the more investment. You're, yeah. you're, that that diagram gets more and more separated. Because, I can buy that. You know, it just kind of like gaming. You know, there's the people to play Madden and Halo, and you oh. see the frat boys are into that, and people are kind of casual. And there's people to play Wii bowling, and there's the people that play. You know, whatever the hardcore RPG people become stuff. obsessed with Wii bowling. No, I'm saying they don't. <laughs> oh. And then you got the people <laughs> yeah. to play Warcraft like a fucking like they get up. You know, like this this one guy in the article basically described a lot of his friends in Evercrack, Everquest, Evercrack, and Warcracks the same way. Their life was basically get up, log on. All day long, eating shit, go to sleep, rinse, repeat. And I think we've all known someone like that. Mm -hmm. And And I think it it goes back to addictive behavior. Yeah. Addictive personalities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They're in all, you know, I mean, if they're not, hell, maybe it's lucky that they found the outlet in LARP and they're not fucking shooting up or something. That's true. Sure, sure. So, you know, I mean... Yeah, they're weird and crazy, and they'd be weird and crazy no matter what the fuck they're doing. That's true. I mean, a heroin addict on the streets is pretty fucking crazy, too. (laughs) So So maybe, so you think that's the common thing. I think that's the common thing, and and because, you know, what Jim was saying, it takes more commitment, there's more investment, and I think because there's no longer that separation between your character sheet, because when you're playing a, a game around the table, sure, you get into character. Right. Yeah. You talk as your character, uh-huh. but still there's a separation between you sitting at this table and then the sheet in front of you, which is the guy mm-hmm. that right. you're playing. The character is not you. When you're in a LARP, you, it, the character subsumes you completely. Yeah. Right. There's no separation. And you've spent hundreds of dollars on your outfit and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So if your character dies... And you it's... don't put on like a funny voice like you do in RPGs because, like, let's say I'm role-playing an elf or something i'm gonna put on a little bit of a funny voice no well, larpers do put on say, LARPers. that's what i'm saying yeah. larpers do larpers oh they do 
they do. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not what I'm saying. What am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I've not seen LARPers do that, but they they, do. certainly not in this dark have, documentary. Yeah. They, they talk I, different, you know. I thought it actually looked kind of interesting, but but I could not get into it nearly as much as most of these people did. Every World of Darkness LARPer I've seen speaks in a dialect I call See, haughty bitch. I couldn't get into that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, it's not quite yeah. like, it's not quite like ye old English, but mm-hmm. it's like this. It's like, it's like the Star super Wars. Super proper. But, but also better than you. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. haughty bitch. Yeah. That's the dialect. It's like, it's, it's like Leia talking. <laughs> but what they really want to achieve is hot goth chick. But right. Unfortunately, it fails. Right. Right. Most of the time. They are not. In Most of the time. Hot. I've seen hot chicks at LARPs, but. They okay, are. I think this. I've seen the I've seen the unicorn too. Uh, we got a couple more minutes. Uh, you can find Mad Brew if you want to find out more about him. Uh, MadBrewLabs.com. You also have a pretty uh, cool new site that you alluded to the last time you were on. It's actually come to fruition. It's in version oh. like two, release two, Venture oh, Captain yeah, point two. Yeah, point it's two. Uh, VentureCaptain.com. And if you're a Pathfinder RPG player, it is a free. Read that free online uh, character generator. And right now I've got most of the base classes and all the feats and stuff out of the core rule book and I'm working on... Armor's kicking your ass right now. The armor's kicking my ass. Yeah, I've kind of... It's been half unmotivation and half that it revealed a bunch of flaws existing, already existing in the code. So hopefully once I get the armor done, it will be... I will have improved the performance overall and then of course you'll also have magic armor in addition to the magic weapons I already have. So, yeah, it's pretty, uh, I don't think there's anything that goes to that detail. It actually verifies your character to the rules, so you can, anybody using it can be sure that they've got a quote-unquote legal character. You can export so. it to PDF. And it only, yeah, right now you can only save it as PDF. Right. So, well, I'm generate working. Generate that character sheet. Yep. No, yeah, you don't have to fill out a character sheet. It does it for you, and it does all the math. Um, sometime cool. I'll be making accounts so you can save them online. Right, right. So there's awesome. that. Uh, if you want to follow him, you can see uh, uh, see him on Facebook, I imagine. Yeah, it would be facebook.com slash madbrew. So you got that set up? And uh, there's Venture Captain site, too. Uh, yeah, it would be facebook.com slash Facebook. Well, I mean, facebook.com slash Facebook. <laughs> Infinite slash incursion! No, slash Venture Captain um, for that. And if you actually go to VentureCaptain.com and go to the About page, you can see all our social bullshit. There you go. Anything else you want to promote while you're here on the cast? Well, you have an audience in the tens. In the tens, the (laughs) low hundreds. Less Uh, than you probably get on your own blog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nope, there's nothing else. Uh, MadBrewLabs.com, VentureCaptain.com. You can find everything there. Come back next month, talk to Gen Con with us. Sure thing. Yeah, great. Or, depending on when this releases, thank you very much for talking Gen Con with us previously. That's true. It's evergreen. Uh, but thank you very much for being on this podcast with My us. My pleasure. If you want to get with the Bald uh, Move. Welcome back anytime. Uh, yeah. The, the Blue Yonder. It's baldmove.com. Get uh, with the Blue Yonder. Twitter at Bald Move. Facebook.com slash Bald Forums.baldmove.com if you want to talk to us. I think Mad Brew's got an account. He's posted like three times. It's awesome. Check out our uh, other two shows. The Amazingly Post. That's probably three times more than you've posted. Whoever's listening. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Fucker. Yeah, right, right. Peter. <laughs> Stop, no, stop it. Supposed stop to us all the time. All right, with that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. And I'm Mad Brew. Ciao.